We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where life is still ticking. It's still moving forward. That's right. For those of you that are stuck at home, that's okay, because we're all stuck at home. And in this weird, crazy time, uh, you know, we just want you to know that we're still here. We're going to still be recording uh, episodes. We're still going to be talking about your favorite subjects here and there. And on top of that, it's okay. Life is going to continue moving forward. We're here. You're there. And that's the great thing about life. It keeps moving forward. And even with the coronavirus running around, you know, we're going to make it through us, uh, which is, you know, life will still continue moving forward and we will still continue bringing awesome shows. You'll still be listening to us. You'll still be buying games and books and partaking of movies in many different ways. So I, I just wanted, you know, we just wanted to let you know. I, I'll change that to we. We just want to let you know we're still here. We're still rooting for you. And on top of that, we're going to continue to bring you awesome content. So. I just loved how when you started to say life, the immediate thing that jumped into my head is life uh, finds a way. Oh, yes. yes. It happened to me, too. It was in my head. <laughs> I was old Dr. Ian Malcolm for the win. Yes, life uh, always finds thing. a way. No, I mean, honestly, uh, I've been reflecting on this. We're going to talk about this just uh, for a little bit. But I've been reflecting on this because, you know, it's been crazy. All the things that kind of happened, you know. Uh, I have never been superstitious about Friday the 13th, but this last Friday the 13th sucked. Um, <laughs> everything kind of went weird and haywire, but um, over the weekend, I was sitting at my kitchen table, and I was just staring outside in my backyard, my dog was just running back and forth, having a grand, grand old time. And I just kind of realized, my dog doesn't realize there's some crazy virus going around. You know, it doesn't... <laughs> Is not worried that there's people like buying up every roll of toilet paper at every store nearby, you know, or that there are multiple stores with shelves that are empty. Not, it's just like business as usual. And I'm just like, you know, that's just a good gentle reminder that life finds a way, it keeps moving forward. So, uh, I've just been able to relax with that. Things are a little stressful. Uh, I'm sure everyone is feeling it where. People that are not used to working at home are now working at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and other people that are used to having their children at school um, are dealing with their children being home. So, uh, you know, it is it is what it is. But the best thing about it is, you know, geek life has prepared you for this moment. It really has. I mean, this is it's a great way to say, segue in. But, you know, honestly... Uh, at the geek culture is kind of been isolating, at least when I grew up, it was, but it's kind of prepared you for being able to isolate, you know, video games. You can still chat with your friends while playing them. You know, you just plug in your microphone, your headset, and you can still talk with your best buds that are whoever, who knows where they're at. So you, you still can communicate with them. Now, the only thing that probably is, is difficult is a lot of the awesome conventions that we go to, uh, are, yeah kind of either being rescheduled or just canceled outright which kind of sucks yes indeed um hopefully this blows over and some of the better ones still happen like gen con because good friend ra salvatore was just announced as the author guest of honor 
um, which will be awesome to see Bob again. Um, plus, oh, it's Gen he's Con. Fantastic. I mean, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. I mean, he, yeah, he is. But, I mean, it's Gen Con. It's it is like, Gen Con. It is the, yeah, the, the board game event of the year. I, I always love going to Gen Con. Uh, you know, games are out before you can buy them. And you can buy them at Gen Con, which is awesome. Granted, uh, normally you got to bring lots of money. Um, <laughs> you will spend lots of money. But uh, it's it's lots of fun. You got to try games out. You, and that's the best part. You know, a lot of times when you go to a game store, I mean, that's kind of changed now. But it used to be in the past, you went to a game store. It looked cool. You had to read the box, but you couldn't really play it. And you had to take a, a chance on it. Gen Con, you can sit down with the game designers and learn about the game, play the game before you ha- you buy it, which is always awesome. Uh, so, with that said, uh, we're going to talk about some games, movies, and books that you, our wonderful listeners, can partake of while you're in quarantine. I mean, let's face it, it's not just one person here or there, a few people here and there, it's pretty much a global event. Everyone is quarantined right now. It's the weirdest thing. Um, and if you're lucky enough to be on one of these forced staycations, uh, we hope that we bring some excellent tips and tricks, uh, things that if you haven't already traded all of your toilet paper away for hand sanitizer and beans, maybe some of these things can find their way into your collection before uh, everything <laughs> gets crazy. Yes. Yes, um, we have so much ramen noodles. I we, I went and bought a whole bunch of ramen noodles because my kids are home, and they, you know, I'm not used to them being home during the afternoon, so we don't buy lunch stuff. So I have to buy lunch stuff. I go and I buy ramen. I I bought a case of ramen noodles, but the only flavor they had was shrimp. Oof. Yeah, and my kids are just like they're they're eating it. I mean, they're being joyful about it, but it's like shrimp ramen noodles. I love shrimp, but not shrimp ramen. Mm. Agreed. <laughs> but hopefully our suggestions are better than shrimp ramen. And, and, and we hope that our suggestions aren't even shrimp adjacent. Yes. So um, where do we start? Do we start with books? Do we start with movies? I'd like to round it out with games. So I, I, yeah, because I think games would be a good place to round out. Um, cool. You guys want to start with movies then, since that's probably the most yeah, let's accessible start with thing. Movies. Sure. Movies is great. So one of the ones that's really obvious to me, uh, Lord of the Rings extended edition. However, I would recommend breaking it up into pieces. If you are, if you, if you have the luxury of having the old DVD box set, it breaks it up fairly nicely for you, but you know, take the time, consume it a little bit at a time, like a rich cheesecake, and let the <laughs> lustrous tones of Ian McKellen wash over you. Uh, and, you know, just uh, take a moment to really feel that adventure and, and start to imagine yourselves in it. Especially if you have children or spouses who may not normally watch it with you. This is a great time to turn it, uh, turn up the volume a little bit on it and turn it into a real exploration of uh, the themes of the stories as well as kind of the things that are going on with each of the characters and the way that the plot develops. So basically what you're saying is go down to your TV room or theater room, stand in the door, take a your broom, slam it on the ground and say, none shall pass, and then shut the door and go watch your movie. Yes, okay. sounds excellent. 
Except for I don't know if I I don't know if I could do the extended edition anymore. Uh, I have it. I've only watched it one other, uh, probably twice, is, because is it's it just, just it's just too bloody long. I, I'm sorry, see, but that's why I'm saying you you break it up into chunks, and between each chunk, you actually take a second, get a break, eat some food, talk about what you've just seen. You know, take a moment to be a little intellectual here, uh, or goofy or fun, whatever it is for you. Uh, but that way it just helps. You know, it's something that'll last you quite a while, like eating but a like, super rich chocolate bar. But the first, like the first movie is almost four hours. If I break that up, that, that extends it to eight. Well, no, but you don't do, you don't no, do one movie a day. You do, yeah, you do the first half day one. You do the second half day two. Gotcha, you have an okay. intermisu in between, right? Oh. All right. Also, so I would like to point out the fact. Week. All right. Also, I would like to point out that Dan apparently doesn't understand how division works because when you break something <laughs> into two, it does not double it. It will it does, still be four I'm hours. Take of an hour break. He's gonna. He's gonna. In the middle, he's going to watch uh, like one of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies just to fill in the gap, <laughs> and then watch the next one. Yeah, you, know, you watch an hour, you take an hour off. You watch another hour, take another hour off. <laughs> <laughs> what about for you, Krebs? What you feeling? Oh, man. You know, I've been kind of up in the air on this one because uh, as a horror movie fanatic, as well as sci-fi and fantasy, um, I love I love apocalyptic situations. I love survival situations and I love scary situations. Um, and even with all that in mind, uh, as someone who just loves cinema and film, I find that I take the opportunity to show my kids movies that I loved as a kid that they have no idea about. Like 1983's Kroll, K-R-U-L-L, um, fantastic cast, utterly bombed at the box office. Liam but I Neeson's remember in it, come on. Liam Neeson, like when he was, he was born at about the age of 38. Yeah. He's always been like an older curmudgeon kind of guy. Even when he was young, he was this tall, broad, absolutely built, gruff Irishman. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, Liam Neeson, it was one of his first movies. He was like 24, 22. Um, but he he seriously looks like he's been paying taxes for far too long. Like, yeah. he's just... He looks 38 yeah. in movie. Um, Ken Marshall, who appeared in a number of Star Trek episodes. Uh, Freddie Jones, who is a British acting staple. Francesca Onis, um, Lisette Anthony. I mean, the, it, great cast, right? Um, and it utterly bombed at the box office because it came out the same year... And within a, I think it was maybe even the same month or within a couple months of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And um, just got smoked, just got smoked. But I remember seeing that movie in theaters as a kid and it holds a very special place in my heart. Love that movie. Uh, so I will show the movies like Kroll or um, now that they're a bit older, I feel more comfortable showing them The Dark Crystal, like the film, not just the Netflix series. Uh, so I like to introduce those kinds of things because it's something they haven't seen before. It activates the imagination, which leads us into other topics later on to in this episode. Um, and if it's just me and my wife, I have been itching to watch Contagion, um, to watch A Quiet Place, uh, anything that – World War Z, anything that has to do – with apocalyptic disasters, real or imagined, um, absolutely want to watch that. Oh, if you haven't watched it, the movie The Impossible with uh, Ewan McGregor and, um, oh, her name escapes me right now, but she's an Aussie actress. Um, she was in the the first American version of The Ring. 
Uh, I suddenly can't remember what her name is right now, but anyway. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Naomi Watts. Thank you. Um, That film brought me to tears. That film is is heart-wrenching and amazing and uplifting and um, fantastic film. So those are the kinds of things that I like to do. I like to show my kids stuff they've never seen before from my childhood. And then when it's just mommy-daddy time, I like to watch stuff that's way more dire. My wife does not like to watch those things, so... (laughs) We end up watching like Bob's Burgers or something, and then, and then when she's asleep, I'm like, okay, I'll watch The Walking Dead now. So I had I had one other film on my list that is a little bit less dire, but I'm curious to see whether Dan put it on his. So I'm holding holding my action until no, go ahead. I hear uh, what Dan see. has to say. No, no, no. I want to hear your two first. So my two, uh, actually, uh, it popped up in my uh, my iTunes suggested uh, purchase, which I already have it, so I didn't buy it, but. Uh, Serenity. Yes. Oh my Great. gosh, I've been no. wanting to watch that again. Um, you know, it, you know, the movie for the, you know, the Firefly TV series, uh, a great movie all together. Um, it's a fun ride, a little bit of Western, a little bit of uh, sci-fi, whole bunch of Nathan Fillion and a <laughs> whole bunch of Adam Baldwin. Um, so that's a great movie. Um, you know, there, there's there's a few other ones. Another one that kind of popped up, um, and because you gotta love John Cusack, 2012. I, mean, I was hoping you were gonna say Gross Point Blank, but yes, so Gross Point Blank is an awesome one too. So is uh, you know, Better Off Dead. You can't go wrong oh, with we go. anything. John you know, Cusack. that's what you need is a John Cusack marathon, right? Yeah, The Juror, um, 2012. <laughs> Gross point yeah. blank, better off dead, and just about. I mean, about... it's it's really interesting. Like the other day, I I made a, a comment to my kids. I'm like, I want my two dollars, and they're like, What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't ask for a dime. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, What are you talking about? I want my two dollars, and they're just like, I I don't get it. I'm like, I failed. Um, Every time there's a major speaking the international language. I know. <laughs> The international language of love. I, every time there's a major snowstorm, I point outside and I go, have you any idea the street value of those mountains? Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, no, I finally, I convinced my wife to sit down and watch that with me a few months ago. And uh, it, is, it is, it? oh, it's changed the landscape of our marriage. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Good. good. You know, I, um, I love that movie. Uh, Better Off Dead. I remember this. This is gonna age me, but I remember seeing it in the film in the theater, oh. uh, and I have owned the VHS tape of it. I have owned it on DVD and Blu-ray, and I you just can't go wrong with that movie. It's just all sorts of crazy <laughs> stupidity that just blends perfectly. Uh, now, the one thing I will say, if you haven't seen this film, don't take it super seriously. No, if you no, think no, you're no. sitting down to watch a drama, you're going to have a super bad time. It is dark humor. It is kind of off the wall. And it's all vignettes of just scenes that stack up and don't seem related at all until you start to call back to previous jokes and plot points. It, so just yeah. be it prepared. Is, it is definitely an 80s movie. Um, yes. the and there's dialogue. There's 80s humor, there's 80s yeah. humor that does not translate now, or that no. we wouldn't be allowed to make uh, jokes like that now. But in its context, is hysterical. I mean, especially the the uh, the Asian drivers. Asian drivers. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, or, they, or the they, black they, a spectacle. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so the it one... is time. We are yeah. here, ladies and gentlemen, for another race. Yeah, what? Uh, I got to learn how to speak English yeah. by watching by listening to tapes of Howard Cosell. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the other one that I'm surprised nobody's mentioned that was on my list was Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest oh, is a great, what a great choice. Yeah, no, See, that is a great choice. Um, that's that's one of my movies of choice whenever I'm down in bed. You know, I have to stay home sick. I remember being a, a kid staying home from school, and that was one of the DVDs that, that we had picked up and just watching it over and over and over again. Uh, it also, for those of you who, who don't know, if you put Galaxy Quest in chronologically into all of the Star Trek films, then you have a perfect rule of even films are great. So... <laughs> See, I don't own any Star Trek movies. Yeah, oh. we've had this discussion. Like, yeah. oh no, so I live, I live in both camps. My heart belongs to Star Wars, but my yeah. mind belongs to Star Trek. See, and like, see, my parents are Trekkies through and through. Yep. Yeah, there I is space shit. for both. I promise. No, there is no, space for both. No, there is space no, for both. No. But you know what? I was, similarly, I was similarly, born in '77 I... for a reason. <laughs> You know what? Similarly, um, I love sci-fi fantasy. I'm a huge fan of Farscape, for example, which is at this point in time, I think it's a lesser known series, but it is a fantastic series. Um, And I I love all sorts of even semi-campy stuff like that, right? I cannot get on board with Doctor Who. I have tried, I have tried, I've tried. And everyone's like, wait, which season have you watched? Doesn't matter. I've watched, see, I watched episodes from most seasons, not just the ones that people say, don't watch that one, you know, and, and there shouldn't be, if you're going to talk about a series, you shouldn't have to say, oh, ignore that season, right? That doesn't, no, 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 no. Like you should be able to say, if it's, especially if it's a contiguous thing, then you should be able yeah. to say, oh, well, this whole thing is good. This season may not be as good as that one, but you should be able to watch all of it. I can't get into any of it. I love David Tennant and I love yeah. a bunch of the other actors. Cannot, cannot buy you know, into Doctor Who. As far as Doctor it. Who, I, I love the reboot. Um, it, after Matt Smith left, they started doing really crazy stuff with the doctor. Mm-hmm. I, I've fallen out of love with doctor who, I mean, yeah. And at this point they're like rewriting, like, yeah, like apparently, you know, the doctor, the old doctor who was the original doctor, that was another set of regenerations now they're saying, and he was a woman before that. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I, and nothing against the doctor being a woman. It's just they're they're messing with the story. They're they're tinkering with stuff, and it's like yeah. uh, I just they, they've broken it. That's pretty much how I see it. They, well, yeah. If you're gonna watch if you're gonna watch a fantastical series about a savior like character that gets reborn into different lives, mm-hmm. watch Avatar: The Last Airbender yeah. and The Legend of Korra. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like those those are two series that are so concise and consummate and beautiful, and incredible that yeah. it's the only cartoon series I can think of that has consistently moved me to tears with nearly every episode. Like Legend of Korra, almost every episode, I would just get emotional. And sometimes it was for the action. It wasn't even for the story, just the intensity and the drama just brought yeah. it out of me. All right, I feel like I've kind of derailed so, this. I apologize. No, you're fine. <laughs> I was I was going to mention one other film, and it kind of goes Wait. along the lines with all the, the contagion stuff and like you, you were mentioning, uh, which is a movie I really love, and you cannot go wrong because it's Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery in The Rock. Yes! Great oh, movie. 
Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's fantastic. And you can't go wrong with Sean Connery. I mean, like yesterday, um, you know, we had, uh, yes, those of you that listen, you know, we release it on Friday, but you're, we record on Wednesday. Anyways, it was, it was uh, St. Patrick's Day. I had to watch Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Yes. Know, Sean Connery. You got to have Sean Connery <laughs> uh, and, and some leprechauns. You, you just can't go wrong with that. And if you haven't seen it, it's on Disney Plus if you have Disney Plus. Yes. He, Sean Connery sings, and he's really good, uh, which is quite surprising. I grew um, up watching that movie, and I would purposely watch. I, I should have known I was going to be a horror fan because I would fast forward to the scenes to the banshees. banshees. Oh the yeah, banshees. and as a kid, it scared me. It like legit oh, yeah. scared me. But I would watch it every day. I can't okay. take my eyes away from it. And, and before we move away from movies, before we move away from movies, yes. Um, in times like this, you know, right now we're like in a quarantine situation, but like on days when I would stay homesick from school or sick from work, or if I just had an extra day off, and I didn't know what to do. And I felt like watching a movie. I like to go through and make double features. And you know what kids these days, I can't believe I'm saying this, but kids these days, they don't understand or appreciate what a double feature is. Yeah. Right. And I used to live for double features as a kid. Oh yeah. Man. That was double the best. feature Saturday. One, I, I yeah, jump one on my ticket, bike. two movies. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. Ride your bicycle to the to the cinema. Yeah, and drop your five dollars and get two tickets. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I went. I remember several uh, double features. You know, one double feature we went and saw Short Circuit one and two. Uh, another yes. one we, another one we saw Iron Eagle one and two. Yes, Iron Eagle. Those I of saw, you that have no clue what that is, that was I do the the Top Gun ripoff. I saw uh, <laughs> I saw Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so like just a couple of really fast double features I would throw in there is like um, when I'm at home and I and I can just cobble one together. I'll I'll do Crawl and Dune, or I will do Napoleon Dynamite and Gentleman Broncos. Not Nacho Libre. Watch Gentleman Broncos. It's superior. Okay. Um, or uh, <laughs> Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet, both by Baz Luhrmann. Uh, you can, if you go through your movie collection, especially because everyone has a taste, right? You can usually find films that are linked thematically or by actor, and you can come up with some fantastic double features that make your day worthwhile. Okay. So let's talk about theater of the mind. Theater of the mind. Mr. Dan Swenson, the author, the award nominated author. Tell us friend, what are your books of choice? In a staycation situation. So actually, I'm I'm actually listening to Alloy of Law on a on audio Audible right now. Uh, fantastic book by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, it's part of the Mistborn series, but the reason I love it, it's a spaghetti western with magic. How can you go wrong? <laughs> I mean, seriously, they're talking about shotguns and you know revolvers and stuff like that, and you know because he has. You know, the main character has the ability to push steel. You know, he has the ability to make bubbles or a bubble around him so the bullets deflect. He doesn't need Kevlar because he can do that. You know, and if he fires his gun, he can push his bullet so it actually goes through uh, walls and stuff like that. It, it's really cool. Um, so that one. The other one that, you know, I would probably pick up to read right now. I have so many books surrounding me. Um, if I were to pick one right now, I'm just trying to think, uh, extreme makeover apocalypse edition. <laughs> uh, yes. It, 
Uh, it is written by Dan, author Dan Wells. So basically, the premise of the book is this makeup company designs this lotion that when you apply it, it has a certain DNA coding in it. And so it allows you to turn in, rewrite your DNA, and you can now look like that person. So if you want to look like Leonardo DiCaprio, you want to look like George Clooney, you want to look like, you know, uh, one of the Kardashians, you can buy this lotion, apply it to yourself, and the next morning you will look like that person. Unfortunately, the guy that designed the lotion, which is not a supermodel or an actor or anything one famous, he's might be a little bit on the chunky side. Some people may not think he's the most attractive person in the world. Somehow his DNA gets stuck in there and people <laughs> start turning into him. <laughs> and things just go really bad from there. Um, it's a fantastic book. It's really fun to read. Uh, the nice thing is, you know, it, it's kind of, yeah, I know it's kind of twisted humor, but it's kind of, it's, it's like a contagion. It spreads worldwide, but it's nothing that's killing anyone. It's just making them look like Dave. Um, <laughs> it's literally the guy's name. Um, and things just go horribly wrong. So it's a great book. It's really fun to read. And the nice thing is, you know, it, as it, each chapter, it's like, you know, this is how it, how it reads. Wednesday, May 2nd, 5.52 a.m., Central Booking, Brooklyn, 226 days to the end of the world. You know, every chapter, it just keeps counting down. Um, so it's, it's fantastic. It's a fun read. So you should, you should pick it up. That's cool. awesome. That, that, that writing, you know, with that sort of like countdown, that gives it momentum. You yeah. know, it gives it something you do. You're, you're looking forward to. You're like blazing through the pages trying to get to what happens at the end. That's excellent. Yeah. So for me, I've got a novel, a double feature saga, and a fanfic. So I cheated Ooh. and did more than two here. Oh, no, go uh, ahead. So first, uh, you'll notice, you know, Lord of the Rings was in my movies, but The Hobbit is in my books, especially if you're reading with children who are starting to exercise a lot of that vocabulary and beginning to learn fantasy books for the first time. Some of my most treasured memories as a child were sitting in the evenings reading a chapter of The Hobbit with my father. Um, and it'll always hold a special place in my heart for those stay-at-home times and camping and things like that. Um, the second, I am a huge Orson Scott card fan. Oh. And so both the Ender's Game series and the Ender's Shadow series um, – Particularly, I love Ender's Shadow, but Speaker for the Dead uh, is is also one of my all-time favorite books. Being able to explore, you know, the greater universe and the greater world, politics, romance, war, action, psychology. Uh, it's it's just a really interesting and and deep series with with a lot of real world backing in it. Which, if you're feeling isolated from everything else, it's a great way to escape while still you know, being here. Um, but then the third, and this is one that I've only just recently discovered is a fanfic called Harry Potter and the methods of rationality. <laughs> Have either of you guys heard of this? No. Okay. So, uh, it's a fanfic that's been around since 2011 and it's been professionally recorded, uh, by a few different people. Um, you can listen to it in an audiobook for free. 
and on all the major podcasts, etc. Um, but the fundamental premise of the book is that um, Petunia, right, Lily Potter's sister, didn't marry Vernon. She instead married a professor, um, a professor of physics specifically, and they raised Harry in a loving, nurturing relationship in which they encouraged him to be very book smart and logical and rational uh, and attached very firmly to the real world. Uh, and, and so the first the first couple of chapters uh, feel a little grindy at first because um, everybody's very familiar with the Harry Potter mythos and story, but they have to set up how things are different and how they've played out slightly differently um, in order to establish, you know, Harry as a completely different type of protagonist. But the farther and farther I get into it, the more I find myself actually laughing out loud. I keep rewinding and pulling my wife over so that she can hear things. Finally, the other day she gave up and we started over from the beginning. It's just been a hoot and a holler. Uh, and it's it's a long series. Um, each of the each of the recordings is about a half hour. Um, and they've continued to write additional novels and expanded universe fanfics and things like that. Uh, their most recent episode came out just a few weeks ago. So highly, highly recommend checking that out if you need something to kind of break the mold. That is awesome. That's amazing. So when, when you, you when, well, when you suggest reading The Hobbit, are you, I, I suppose, I, I suppose you're just talking about The Hobbit itself. You're not worried about the Silmarillion. You're not worried about the Fellowship no. of the Ring. You're okay. Yep. Just the Hobbit itself, um, you know, it was it was uh, one of the one of the first things that Tolkien actually published, and it was written explicitly to be very consumable, um, and and it's just a great way. Uh, the chapters, in many ways, feel slightly episodic, but they tend to pull th common threads through all of them um, to create a very you know cohesive story that adults can appreciate and understand. Uh, but that is very ch simple for children to be able to comprehend. Um, and it establishes a lot of the foundational kind of uh, lore and, and mythos around what's become traditional fantasy tropes. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, for me, for me, um, I, you know, I've kind of wrestled with this one. I will, I will come right out and admit that as much as I am a cinephile, I have had to learn to appreciate and love books and i do but i am you know i'm 41 years old and i am a painfully slow reader as an adult and part of that is whenever i'm reading i i actually hear the words or i'll say the words in my head i don't i don't see the words i say the words and so it takes the same amount of time i have to train my brain to just get through the word you know or i'll mm -hmm. i'll read at the same pace that i expect the character to be speaking and so when it's long and drawn out, you know, that, that tends to make it a little bit longer to read. So I'm a painfully slow reader, and I, whole, and I wholly admit that. Um, in times like these, because I do love stories of survival in the apocalypse particularly, I, whether we were on quarantine right now or not, I would I – have, I have for years recommended that you read William R. Forschen's One Second After – his uh, William R. Forst Chen, uh, F O R S T C H E N. He wrote a book. It's based on. Um, he's in the real world. William is friends with 
some people in Washington, D.C., some very high up people in Washington, D.C. This is not made up. This is real life. And they when they were able to, after they left those offices, they talked to him a little bit when what they could about real world scenarios that concern Washington, D.C. One of them is what happens if event X goes off. I'm not going to say what event it is, but event X goes off uh, and the power to the nation goes out. If all electricity is destroyed, if all circuitry is destroyed, if you have a if you have a nationwide EMP, what happens next? And this book is written. It's a fictional story, obviously, but it's based on real world information, preparation, scenarios, and how do you handle it? The character hmm. in the book, again, the title is one second after. The character in the book is a history professor, also someone who used to be in the military in his youth, and um, he. He there are brilliant moments in the book where he pulls on real American history to help people sort of rebuild civilization. And he's like, you know, we have a situation where the law has been broken and here's how the founding fathers handled it. And what are we going to do? You know, it's it's it is to say that it's thought provoking does not do it justice. So one second after by William R. Forstchen, it's actually the first book of a trilogy. But please read just the first book and see what you think. Um, I am on the third, I'm about to start the third book. I've, I've gotten through the second already. Uh, in addition to that, you know, I, I'm going to say something that's controversial. Get ready for it. Get ready for it. Hold on. Oh, I oh. like, I like, I actually really enjoy the movie World War Z. Understanding no, it's that a good it, movie. it's a good movie if you hold no expectations that it is going to connect back to the book in any meaningful way. It only shares two things in common with the book, the title and the concept that's expressed where Israeli politicians in a room where all politicians agree on one thing, the last politician to vote has to dissent to give an alternative view. Those are the only two things that connect back to the book. That said, the book itself if you have no expectations that it will reflect the movie, the book itself is utterly fantastic. Uh, it is, by all accounts, a rated R or an adult book. Um, it The language is extremely strong. The topic matter is extremely mature. Uh, but World War Z is an excellent book to read. And it reads like uh, multiple journal entries from different perspectives. And so I really highly recommend that book by Max Brooks, um, and One Second After by William R. Forstgen. So, and for those of you that don't know, Max Brooks is also Mel Brooks' son. Yes, he is. Very interesting, considering hmm. uh, you go from super funny comedian to horror writer. But uh, great book. It he also a- wrote the book How to Survive the Zombie Apocalypse, and uh, and it's he wrote it from the perspective of real-world survival tactics yeah. In the context of a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. It's brilliant. All right. So, with that said, we should probably move on to games. So, yes. You are stuck at home. You are bored out of your mind. You've, you've watched the entire extended edition of Lord of the Rings. You've watched Again. every movie we have suggested. Your brain is about to melt because you can't watch another movie. So what are you going to do? The best thing to do is play a game. Yes, that's right. Play a game because it's awesome. Now, the CDC, I hate saying this, but we're allowed to have at least up to 10 people in a group. 
<laughs> so guess what? Most board games, if not all, are under that 10-person limit. You're safe. You can play board games. <laughs> as long as you wash your hands and don't yeah. cough on the paper. You know. As Be long kind. as you know people. Yeah, with the exception <laughs> of maybe Twilight Imperium. Um, that, <laughs> hey. Hey, fantastic hey. game, <laughs> but that might go beyond the uh, the CDC limits. <laughs> okay, have... no, no, no. Now you've opened the can of worms. I was gonna go last, but now I have to go first. Okay, you just made me. <laughs> you just got me a little uh, little animated done, there, friend. Done pushed him over because, the edge there. Wow. If, there is, if there is ever a time to try a game that is a longer format game that you've never been willing to try before, this is the time to do it. And the game that I would recommend far and above beyond anything else in terms of a nice sit down and play for hours board game is Twilight Imperium. It is one of the top ranked games of all time. And almost every board game collector has at least one of the editions in their collection. <laughs> so allow me to elaborate, friends. I have now the that game. You've I have this. the game. So. Well, I do not. Please do tell. It's, so, it is an awesome game. It's a beautiful game. Uh, so Twilight Imperium has actually had multiple iterations. It was uh, the first game uh, published by Christian Peterson, who ultimately went on to uh, found and, and own Fantasy Flight until it was recently bought out by Asmodee. Um, but it is, uh, in, in the very simplest boiled down terms, space risk on steroids. Okay. Um, you are building uh, spaceships and space stations and planetary defense systems and you're moving through uh this particular cluster of planets trying to amass resources and grow your army however military victory is not the only win condition and in fact is actually kind of difficult to do unless you focus out right on it there's a victory point system and every round new objectives are revealed you can only score one objective per round unless you activate special abilities, etc. And you play until either all of the objectives have been revealed or somebody reaches the maximum number of points. Um, it's a beautifully deep game. There are, oh man, I don't remember how many. It's like 29 races or something that each have special abilities and variants of their own ships and all kinds of different things. And because you are interacting with other players so much, they actually have systems that uh, not only include your military and resource gathering, but also politics. They have rules around what you can and cannot promise in a trade and whether or not somebody is legally bound within the context of the game to fulfill that promise or not. It's a beautiful game, but it's simple enough to digest. After you play your first round, everybody's going to have a general idea of what's going on. And after you play it once, you're going to want to play it again. So I got that out of my system. Y'all can continue. <laughs> well, actually, no, I think you should continue. So Twilight Imperium is a game that you would highly suggest in these difficult quarantine times. What is something else you would do? Yeah, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, and if any of you happen to be stranded in my area and want to play, even even after this all passes, please just let me know. I will open up my table. I will open up my copies. It'll be a fantastic time. Anyway, uh, the <laughs> other big one that uh, is is kind of a, a low hanging fruit, um, but that I do believe is particularly um, perfect for situations like this is choose a favorite role-playing game, i.e. Dungeons & Dragons, Pathfinder, uh, you know, Powered by the Apocalypse, GURPS, Genesis, 
choose a role-playing game that fits into a genre that you enjoy and sit with your friends and family and tell stories. Uh, we've talked about this in previous episodes where that's the fundamental premise of a role-playing game is it's not to just be grindy and kill monsters and level up. It's about building characters and telling stories together. And if you're all going to be trapped in a room, like go back to that fundamental premise of humanity, the thing that ultimately got us together and, and helped us to develop our own concepts of morality and right and wrong and community was storytelling, sitting around a fire and just telling stories. This is a great way to do that in an environment where you're all going to be together anyway. So, you know, take up a character, take up a cause, go out and, and do what you got to do, but find that balance and create that universe that you want to be in it's a great way to escape for a few hours or even a few days absolutely great recommendation reps uh (laughs) this is starting to fall into a theme and i get that but uh just the way that you feel about twilight imperium mr elton i have the exact same feelings and almost the same level of fervor for Zombicide by Guillotine <laughs> I, Games. I, I knew it was going to happen. And cool mini or not. Um, Zombicide, I, I love a ton. It is a modular, meaning that it's a it's a game you set up in several pieces that you can swap in and out. It is a modular, scenario-driven, cooperative game. I prefer cooperative games to competitive games. I th- Especially in times like these where you have to be under um, the same roof for an extended yeah. period of time. Building animosity and enmity is not the way to go. So I highly recommend cooperative games. Uh, and Zombicide fits that bill. It, it accommodates between, well, technically you can go as big as you want because there are rules for scaling. But it, it, it is meant to support between four to eight players. You can do it between two to eight or two to ten or two to six, whatever. Um, and you choose a character with a character card. They have skills and attributes unique to that character, or at least in a, u- a unique combination for any given character. You go through the scenario where the scenario gives you an objective to meet or several objectives to meet. And all the while, the game is putting zombies into play and trying to stop you. Uh, you either succeed at your objectives and you wipe out the zombies and you go up in level and you get these really cool weapons and you find all sorts of cool gear or you get utterly annihilated. Um, and there are some hilarious stories where that's concerned. It's one of those games where it's an excellent system. It's not terribly difficult to learn, um, but the the sort of baked-in rules um, can leave some things to be desired, or you might find that you want to challenge some of them, so do it. Just like any good RPG, if there's a rule that doesn't make it fun, change the rule. And we have a whole list of house rules for this game, and we... Love this. We invite the neighbors over, the ones we've been exposed to a lot, and we'll play scenarios with Zombicide. Zombicide also has campaigns, so you play one scenario, and the results of that scenario translate into the next scenario, and so on until you finish the campaign. Um, Excellent game. Tons of free resources online. All you have to do is get a set. There are three core sets in what I call... Well, it's it's like a modern setting. There are three core sets, and two major expansions and there's also a sword and sorcery setting zombicide black plague which has two or three core sets and two i think it's two expansions um pick your flavor i and and run with it if you go with modern i recommend season three 
because I think it's the best season. Uh, it's the it's the room morgue. So definitely try that one. It's it's excellent. Um, and I so, love playing the roller skating cheerleader with a shotgun and a chainsaw. Uh, the roller sk- she's a waitress. A waitress, a waitress, excuse me, waitress, not cheerleader. The cheerleader yeah. is Lollipop Chainsaw, which is a yeah. video game. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, totally know that's Wanda, Wanda, the yeah. roller skating waitress with a chainsaw, yep. chainsaw and a shotgun, chainsaw, chainsaw and a shotgun. Yep. It's awesome. Um, and I would, I, at the risk of sounding cheap, I absolutely reflect what Alton said about an RPG. I have actually been playing a family campaign with my wife, my eight-year-old daughter, and my five-year-old son. Uh, he refers to it only as the dice game, and um, they they love it. We've been playing a weekly game, but now that we're home together, we intend to play at least another two times this week. We've already played once this week. We're going to play at least two more times, and I've been posting the story on Facebook, and I'm surprised at how many people I know that I didn't realize were RPG fans, and they'll comment, and they'll be like, this story is great. Keep them coming. I love reading these updates. Please keep going. You know, and they'll say that, that, you know, it's their favorite part where the DM posts their tale and things like that. Um, so we're playing Rifts by uh, Kevin. Uh, it's If we were to say his name, we'd probably just say Simbita. But um, one time I got a chance to meet him and I was instructed that it's pronounced uh, Shimbiata. Uh, and so Kevin Shimbiata of Palladium Books and Games has this game Rifts, which, which I've talked about ad nauseum in times past. That's what we're playing now. It's the every game, and I love it. Uh, nice. That's the one that I choose to play. That or Dead Rain by the same company and the same authors. Very nice. Those are great games. Um, so, actually, uh, Zombicide was on my list. Yes! Yes! I, I picked several of them. Uh, Do you have I a favorite season in Zombicide? I'd, I love them all. It's just they are, they are all good. It's a They're fun game to play with your friends or with a group of people. Um, I kind of tried to go with a cooperative theme because, uh, yes, you don't want tension. Right now, like, the tension in my house right now is thick. It, it's annoying. <laughs> um, you know, kids are home from school. My wife's dealing with school. Uh, you know, I'm home from work, working from home, trying to do that. Like, literally, I've converted my gaming closet into a small little office. Um, so it, it's a little crazy. The tension is high. You know, and then add on an earthquake that we had today. Uh, oh no! That was that uh, was exciting. Uh, you know, I, I I had a friend saying, "Hey, at least the volcano didn't erupt." I mean, you know, cause who knows? <laughs> um, but you know, so I was kind of going on this thing because when you can play together in cooperatively, it's fun. You, you're working together as a team. So uh, I know this kind of might be a little too soon, and it hits the mark. But Pandemic is an awesome game. Yes, it is. You know, yes. Ooh. I know. It, it, but at the no, same I, time... No, I love that game. Okay. I know, but with, with what's going on in the world right now, it's probably a little too close to home, but it, it it's a great game. You're working together as a team to eradicate these viruses that are popping up around the world, and you really do have to think and work as a team. Otherwise, you lose. It's a guaranteed lose if you don't work together. Um. So it is an incredibly well architected game, it is. and I yes. and you're absolutely right. If there, if you fail in your cooperative nature, if you choose the wrong, if if you only have a limited set of players and you choose the wrong skill sets that aren't synergistic and you don't work together, absolutely, you will lose that game. Yeah. And when you win, the victory is all the more sweet. Yeah. Um, 
Another one that isn't quite as cooperative, but it can be sort of, um, that I love playing, uh, especially with friends and family, is Betrayal at House on the Hill. Ooh. Mm. It yes. is a fantastic game. Uh, imagine the most... Imagine you're stuck in a B-horror movie. You're walking through a forest and see this old creepy house up on the hill, and you, you and your friends or you and your family decide, hey, let's go look at that house, and you go inside. Um, and then bad things happen. Uh, it, it's, it's fun. You know, you're kind of doing your own thing, wandering around the house, and then the haunt happens, and someone's the traitor. And then it's everyone has to work together against that person. So you, you kind of lose that cooperativeness in that, that. But there are some scenarios where it's all of you against whatever's happening. Um, but it's a lot of fun because no matter how many times I've played it, I have never played the same scenario over yet um, because I do have the expansion, so I have 100 scenarios. The house never sets up the same. And so it has great replay value, and it's tons of fun. Um, and I just love it. But, you know, again... Role-playing games are, are easy. Another really fun one for kids I'm just going to throw out there is uh, Takenoko that we play. You know, it's uh, you, know, you get to build a little garden and you have a little panda running around eating bamboo. And it's it's fun for the kids. You get to move the gardener around. They get to eat some bamboo, move the panda. You know, it, it, it's fun. Uh, I enjoy that. But there are so many great games out there. I mean, there really are. There's so many great games out there that you can pick from and choose from. Um from card deck building card games to just basic. I mean, if you love Monopoly and life, go for it. Play them. I mean, there is a different flavor of Monopoly for any fandom you want out there truth. at this point. Yeah, truth. Um, you know, if you just want a simple dice game, there are plenty of different dice games out there. Uh, you know, there's Zombie Dice, there's Tenzi. Um, there's so many different just dice games you can play. And, and the other thing, and this is a big thing too, right? As we, we talk a lot about the games that we love. Um, and a lot of these are games that may not be familiar to everybody, but uh, there are also a lot of pleasant memories that I have uh, from my childhood of sitting and playing Sorry, Monopoly, Uno. Like these are, these are family games for a reason. They're very accessible. And if you love them, play them. Yes. You know? Well, not only that, I mean, Pandemic is so well-known. You can even pick it up at Walmart, for crying out loud. Um, it's, it is that well-known. and you know, But there are some games that are rare that you have to go to a game store uh, or Amazon um, to pick it up. Definitely go to your local game store first. Um, but, you know, go to a game store, kind of know what you're, 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 what you're into, and you're probably going to find something that's going to t tickle your funny bone that's going to say, ooh, I want to play that. Like, you know, the DC deck building game. I'm a huge DC fan. So that, you know, I, Marvel has its own, but that one really speaks to me because I love DC. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people love the, the Marvel deck building game. There's also a Harry Potter one. There's a D&D &D deck have, building game. I have the Harry Potter one, and it is excellent yeah there's even a, a pathfinder one so there are uh, there are a lot of different uh, deck building games out there that you can play as well so just kind of take keep an eye out find something you like or maybe you already do uh go out and enjoy it with your friends and your family why you're trapped in, at home and yes i'm going to say trapped because we're, we're kind of trapped um and 
take this opportunity to reconnect with friends and family, but do it in a fun-loving way where you're not being Homer Simpson strangling Bart. <laughs> At least not more than once. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone gets one. Okay. <laughs> So uh, maybe it'd be good just as uh, as we get ready to sign off here to go back through our lists um, and just give everybody the the rundown again of the the top things that we recommend in each category and uh, then we'll sign off. Yeah, man, I, I think I've already forgot all mine. I know I have to. I'm, I'm just rehearsing <laughs> it through my head too. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm so tired. I just like, uh, no, just kidding. Uh, so I, I I mentioned 2012. I mentioned The Rock and, uh, oh man, what what was the other one? I, I know I mentioned one other one. Contagion. No, no. That wasn't you. Oh. I think you did. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, but I think I did, I did. We, we did talk about Better Off Dead. Uh, yes, Better Off we Dead. We talked about anything. Uh, John Cusack. John Cusack. Wow. Oh, Serenity. That was the other one. Serenity, that's what it was. That's what it was. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That film's so good. Okay, uh, what book, about your books? Bookwise, uh, you know, I did mention uh, Extreme Makeover Apocalypse Edition, and then, oh my gosh, I, I'm really sucking at this tonight. My, <laughs> my mind has blanked. Uh, you talked about the Alloy of Law. That's right, Alloy of Law. That's what, mm. why I couldn't remember because it's on my it's on my, my Audible right now. Uh, so Alloy of Law, and then games, of course. Uh, we we talked about uh, the DC deck building game. We talked about Tekinoko. Uh, talked about Betrayal at House on the Hill. And I completely forgot my first one. That that wow. You, you were going to talk about Zombicide, but I kind of snatched it. Oh, that's uh, right. And then and then pandemic. Yeah. And then pandemic. Yeah. That's what that's what tripped me up. So those are mine. Um, I suggested ultimately uh, build a double feature, something like Kroll and Dune or Labyrinth and Dark Crystal. Or if you want to watch something apropos, look into like Contagion and Outbreak or World War Z, for example, uh, for your movies. For my books, I chose One Second After by William R. Forschen and World War Z by um, Max Brooks. And then for my games, it was Zombicide. And holy smokes, I suddenly can't remember the last game I talked about, too. <laughs> what was the last game I talked about? It was Palladium. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Palladium <laughs> RPG. Oh, duh. It's the game. The two games we're playing in my family. Yeah. Zombicide, any season will do. And uh, RPG of choice, which is anything by Palladium, either Rifts or Dead Rain. Cool. And uh, for me, my movies were Galaxy Quest, Better Off Dead, and Lord of the Rings, the extended edition, but chop it into pieces. Uh, my books were the Ender's Game Saga and the Ender's Shadow Sagas, The Hobbit, and uh, my recent find, Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality. Uh, and then the games, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, choose your RPG, right? Uh, but definitely, definitely Twilight Imperium. So... Uh, I mean, that's all for me. Did you guys have any other thoughts you want to drop? I mean, really, just, you know, like I said earlier, take the time. Enjoy uh, the opportunity you have with your uh, – do something fun with your friends and family. Uh, board games are a great way to do it. Movies are even a great way. Um, I know the Disney released Rise of Skywalker on digital early, and it mm -hmm. sounds like because the, the theaters have now closed – 
Um, a lot of the, the uh, movie companies are looking at pushing out these uh, films uh, digitally yes. for you to buy, mm. um, which I think is a good move because that way they can at least get the films out. Yes, they're not going to get as many tickets sold as they'd like because, you know, people are going to buy it once and they don't have to go back to the theater. You know, you're not going to have to buy six, seven tickets for a family. Or That's right. You just have to pay the one time fee, but at least they're going to make some money. Uh, and right it now. also, it also um, saves them a bit of money because cost of distribution, cost of advertising and things like that yeah. dramatically drops. Um, Universal is looking at uh, the potential of, they haven't made anything in concrete yet, but they have announced that they're going to release the Invisible Man, the Hunt and Trolls World Tour um, for uh, at home streaming rental, not for purchase, but for rental. Oh, rental, okay. And yeah. which makes a lot more sense, right? And for 20 bucks, it's again, nothing's in concrete, but it looks like 20 bucks gets you 48 hours. You can watch it as many times as you want in that time period. And I think that's actually going to work out for them as a business model for this period of time. Of course, going forward, exclusivity deals and the contracts they have with theaters. This is all very this is all very temporary. But this experiment, I think, could have an impact on the future of cinema going forward. Yeah. But that's a discussion for another day. Yep. All right. Well, (laughs) with that said. Everyone, stay stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next time. You guys are wonderful, and as always, until next time, be epic, don't suck. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Dungeon Crawl.